So if we think about it, you know, we sing that song, His Eye is on the Sparrow. And if you think that has uh, connections with Matthew 6. And in Matthew 6, starting at verse 25, Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount, you know, he talks about um, God taking care of the birds of the air. The flowers of the field. If he can take care of them, he can definitely take care of us, can't he? We don't, we don't really need to worry. His eye is on the sparrow, and we know he watches us. And we're going to be turning to Philippians chapter 4 here in a moment. So if you would turn with me in your Bibles with you or your smartphone or technology, Philippians chapter 4. We began a sermon series on Philippians 4 a few weeks ago. And I felt convicted and led of the Spirit to switch over to Philippians 4. To spend five weeks on Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through verse 8, because of the times we live in. And so today, and each week, the sermon is just on the one verse. So a few weeks ago, we talked about rejoicing in the Lord always. Paul says, again, I will say rejoice. Last week, we talked about letting your gentle spirit or your gentle disposition to be known to all. The Lord is near. Today, we're going to talk about anxiety. Instead of being anxious, we want to pray. So, you know, if you think with me about worry, and by the way, um, I, last night, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty much a planner, which fits with this sermon, because that can lead to worry. But, um, so I usually plan sermons ahead of time. I'm not one burning the midnight oil on Saturday night, editing the sermon and stuff usually, or finishing it up. But last night, I did pretty much change a lot of my illustrations and stuff. So some people pick up the sermon ahead of time if they're here Friday or Thursday or Saturday or early Sunday morning. And we swish it out. So Megan actually made the copies and stapled them. And that means that I think there's a fill in the blank in your bulletin. I'm not really sure if it's going to be correct, but if you want some homework, you can go and see if they all line up. That'll be kind of something fun you could do this week in place of any worry or anxiety you might have. So it'd be a good way of meditating on the sermon. So it's, it's edited and changed, but uh, I thought the earlier illustrations didn't really fit. So we're going to turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and the cure for anxiety, uh, prayer. And so think with me about worry. I read this uh, last night, actually. This person writes, I've never seen a gravestone that reads, he died of worry. But some of them ought to read that way. How many illnesses are directly connected with our worries, our anxieties, trying to take the responsibility that was designed for God to handle? If you can't handle it, why are you trying to handle it? If you can't change it, why are you worrying about it? But we do, don't we? In fact, this person writes, I have a friend who worries when she doesn't have something to worry about. She has to have that security. I think she keeps a mental list of those reserved areas. Then when she runs out of the conscious ones, she draws on the unconscious. Any of us like that? We have nothing else to think about, nothing else to worry about. So our, our, we just have this list of things. I'll figure something out to worry about. We have to fill our mind with something, don't we? And this person, she just brings them on, just like the ammunition in a machine gun, just to fire them into her life. These worries get fired into her life. Corey Tinboom, for the last two years of her life, spent it in our congregation in Fullerton, California. This is Chuck Swindoll. He says, It was a wonderful experience to have this godly woman in our midst during that extended period of time, as we literally watched her die. She said on one occasion, 
Worry does not empty tomorrow of our sorrows. It empties today of strength. Worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrows. It empties today of strength. A woman worried for 40 years that she would die of cancer. She finally died of pneumonia at age 70. She wasted 33 years worrying about the wrong thing. As you may recall, as I already said, I'm preaching a short sermon series on Philippians 4, 4 through 8. I'm hoping that this helps us dealing with the times we are living in. The year 2020 has been tough, right? Uh, no one would argue that. However, maybe during this tough year, we can draw nearer to God than ever before. In James chapter 4, verse 8, uh, James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Maybe this is the year where you can realize Jesus really is enough in your life. You can really trust and commit to him. I want to submit to you that it is really true that most of us worry about things that we really can't change. And we're so, so critical. We scroll through the feeds on Facebook or watch the news and we just get so upset. True story, a guy had really high blood pressure. And his pastors of his church, I think they had multiple, were talking to him, trying to counsel him, trying to help him out. And then they realized he was watching the news like all day long. They got him to stop watching the news, and guess what? His blood pressure was okay. We get so frustrated and worried about things we really cannot change. And then we start arguing with people on social media, and we are so critical. Or we see the perfect pictures on social media, and that makes things worse. And let me say, some of us do not have the best witness on social media. We don't only put our political posts, we make personal attacks. And other people know you, and they know you go to a certain church, in this case Bethel Friends Church, and it ruins the Christian witness. It just ruins it, because you're making personal attacks about political opponents or about people or others, and it just ruins the Christian witness. Remember, you're an ambassador of Christ everywhere you go. And for that same reason, you're posting that negative stuff on, on Facebook or what I call faceless book. For that same reason, you're posting that, that stuff and it's ruining your witness. That same reason is likely why you're so stressed out and dealing with worry. Let it go. Let it go. Surrender the things you cannot control. Don't let it stress you. Two weeks ago, as I said, we talked about rejoicing in the Lord always. That's Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Last week, we talked about let your gentle spirit be known to all men. That's Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Today, be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray. Philippians 4, 6. Next week, we're going to talk about how to have the peace of God. I think we all want that peace. We all want that peace of God. Philippians 4, 7. And then we will wrap up this sermon series outside with baptisms with think on these things. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Listen, you are going to fill your mind with some things. Your mind will go, at least I do, I live in my head. Your mind will go, you know, with some things. Learn to take every thought captive unto obedience to Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10.5. Take a scripture verse. Think on that scripture verse all day long. Meditate on that scripture verse. Ruminate on that scripture verse. Learn to set aside your thinking for Jesus. So let's read Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. My theme is to pray instead of being anxious. To pray instead of being anxious. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. 
Be anxious for nothing. Take that word apart. No thing. There is no thing. There is nothing for you to be anxious about. But, that means a contrast. But instead of being anxious, everything, in everything, not some things, everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Paul tells him not to be anxious, but to pray, giving the request to God with thanksgiving. Instead of being anxious, pray. And he even tells us how to pray. Give your request to God with thanksgiving. Not to be anxious is difficult, isn't it? Everybody agree? Not to be anxious, not to be worried can be very difficult. One stressed out secretary told her boss, when this rush is over, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I earned it. I deserve it. And nobody's going to take it from me. She's planning out that nervous breakdown. That comes from Billy Graham. I like this. This comes from uh, Hudson Taylor's uh, son, Howard Taylor, who wrote a book, great book called Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret. And he said, it doesn't matter how great the pressure is. What really matters is where the pressure lies. Whether it comes between me and God or whether it presses me near his heart. You hear that? It doesn't matter how great the pressure is. It matters where the pressure lies. Does the pressure lie between me and God? Or does it press me near, closer to God's heart? That's an interesting way of thinking about it, isn't it? Do we let our stresses and our anxiety draw us closer to God? Paul gives an antidote to anxiety and even to the time we are spending being anxious, right? If you can worry, you can pray, right? That's what, that's what the Apostle Paul is telling us to do. Don't worry, pray. So he gives us an antidote. What is anxiety? It is worry. Instead of worry, Paul calls us to prayer. How is that working for, I would say you, but let's say us. How's that working for us? When we know that we ought to pray, and we know that something is just eating away at us, tearing us apart, and we know that we are anxious, so anxious, so very anxious, and we know that... How are we doing with this? How are we doing with prayer? Let, let's go a little deeper. How are we doing with uh, praying to God and letting it go? Sometimes maybe when we pray, maybe we will realize we're anxious and worried about frivolous things anyways. Maybe we will realize what we are worried about, you can't change, you can't do nothing about, and there's nothing to even to worry about. Maybe you're worried about a worst-case scenario. By the way, this is extra credit. It's not in the notes. Uh, Maybe you need a journal. I really believe that is so important. Prayer journal. Maybe if your prayer life really isn't helping you with your anxiety or worry, try writing out your prayers to God. There is a lot of reflection that happens. Amazing link between the head and the hand as you just write out your thoughts. Just do it. Try it. Try it sometime. It forces reflection and we write ourselves clear. When you find yourself anxious... Pray more. Charles Haddon Spurgeon was showing some visitors over the tabernacle in London. After taking them to the main part of the building, he said, Come, and I'll show you the heating apparatus. Of course, this is the mid-1800s, the late 1800s. They expected to see this amazing heating apparatus. He was called the Prince of Preachers in the 1800s, preaching to 10,000 people in London during that time. And he takes them to a room filled with 400 people gathered for prayer. That was... What he said was their heating apparatus. The church with warmth of spirit must have the warmth-producing prayer meeting. And generally, we all struggle there, I think, if we're 
honest with ourselves. We all struggle pausing and praying about things and giving them over to the Lord and saying, this is on you. I'm going to surrender it to you, Lord. Now, sometimes that surrender means we need to truly submit to his will, too. Okay, so that's a whole other another sermon. But the antidote, Paul tells us the antidote to the worry, the antidote to the anxiety is to pray. We pray in everything. He says pray about everything. Not in some things, but in all things. And we pray with supplications. Sometimes translated as petitions. By the way, this petition means that we have a list of needs that we take before the Lord in prayer. And by the way, I, I like to term supplications better. The New American Standard Bible uses supplications. The NIV, I think, says petitions. Supplication has an idea of a humble petition before the Lord. A humble petition. We are humbly coming before the Lord saying, I need your help. These are my needs. These are what, I, these are what I'm worried about. This is what I'm anxious about. And we are humbly coming before the Lord with those different needs. Please understand, though, all prayer is not supplication. All prayer is not petition. Some prayer is just listening to God. Just going before the Lord in quietness. Some prayer is worshiping God. Sometimes we're called to praise God. But in this case, Paul says, pray and give your list to God. Paul also says to do this with thanksgiving. How many times are we just giving a thankful list to the Lord? How many times are we just saying, I am so thankful. You are just amazing. How many times are we just going before him, recognizing when we really think of our needs, God has provided so much for us. So much. A few years ago, I was counseling a student who was somewhat depressed. In fact, he said he wanted to commit suicide. I had to make a list of things that he was thankful for. And you know, we came up with at least 50 things. God has provided so much. Even during difficult times, he has provided so much. But you know, we have food, we have clothing, we have heat, we generally have air conditioning, we have hospitals, we have doctors, we have vitamins galore, we have clean water, which is a big deal. You never, do you ever think about that? In many countries, they can't even get clean water in Africa and places like that. We're not generally being persecuted for our, for our faith. Maybe that's something to be thankful for. Maybe it's really not something to be thankful for. Second Timothy 3.12 says, all who want to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We have so much. We can read and write. What a big deal. How many times are we thankful for the education that we have? We have so much. But, you know, sometimes... We forget the most important to be, thing to be thankful for. How many times are we thankful for our salvation? By the way, when we, when we think about thankfulness, it's kind of retuning our thinking. It's retuning our thinking. Um, Megan and I got a piano from Mercedes a few weeks ago. She's taken piano lessons. It was really cool. We moved the piano in the back of our van. Okay? Those vans can be used multi, that's multi-purposing, right? Repurposing. And the piano, but it's a tiny, it's a little piano, okay? Anyways... You move the piano, it needs tuned, right? That piano in here needs tuned, I think like twice a year, right, Elaine? Twice a year. Sometimes we need to retune our thinking. And we can retune our thinking by being thankful. Think about the thankfulness. Think about all the Lord provided. We can also retune our thinking by living Colossians 3, setting our mind on things above not things of this world. Doing all things with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We can retune our thinking by reading Psalm 119 and being thankful for God and his word. Do you ever realize that? People are going to jail to get the scriptures to, their, to, to, to new regions, to take them into North Korea. People are, people are being persecuted for that. 
But oftentimes, we are not thankful for the spiritual. We have salvation in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit as our comforter. See John 14. Jesus said not to fear the person who can harm our body, but the person who can harm our soul. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. We have so much in Christ. Go home and read John chapters 14 through 16. All about the Holy Spirit present within us. We do not live the Christian life alone. We have much to be thankful for. About the year 125 A.D., 125 A.D., so that was a few years before I was born, a Greek by the name of Aristides was writing to one of his friends about the new religion, Christianity. Christianity, the new religion. Listen to what that guy said. He was trying to explain the reasons for its extraordinary success. Here's a sentence from one of his letters. This is what this guy said about Christianity in 125 A.D., If any righteous man among the Christians passes from this world, they rejoice and offer thanks to God. And they escort his body with songs and thanksgiving as if he were setting out from one place to another nearby. You hear that? They knew that they were saved in Jesus Christ. And when that person died, they celebrated their heavenly homecoming. Having been banished, Cyprian suffered martyrdom in Carthage in 258 A.D., That was a little closer to my birth, but still a little bit before, 258 A.D. And this man suffered martyrdom, Cyprian. And when the sentence of death was read to him, he said this, I heartily thank Almighty God, who is pleased to set me free from the chains of this body. He's going to be killed for his faith. He is going to be martyred. And he says, I heartily thank Almighty God who is pleased to set me free from the chains of this body. We have salvation in Jesus Christ, and we have that now, and we have it for all eternity. We can be thankful for our salvation, and we are to give God our needs in prayer with thanksgiving, and then God will give us peace, which compels us to rejoice and be kind. Next week, we're going to pick up on Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, about the peace of God. For now, let's take a moment and apply. Chuck Swindoll shares the following. He says, let's get six words clearly fixed in our minds. These six words form the foundation of God's therapeutic process for all worry warts. This is the foundation of God's therapeutic process for all of us worry warts. Here are the six words. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. What qualifies as a worry? Anything that drains your tank of joy. Something you cannot change. Something you are not responsible for. Something you are unable to control. Something or someone that frightens and torments you. Agitates you. Keeps you awake when you should be asleep. That would be a worry. All of that now needs to be switched from your worry list to your prayer list. Switch it from your worry list to your prayer list. Move it over. Give each worry one by one to God. Tell him that you will no longer keep your anxiety to yourself. Tell God that frankly. You know, when you're in that prayer time, God, I am going to give this over to you, and I am no longer going to keep this anxiety to myself. The more you practice giving your mental burdens to the Lord, the more exciting it gets to see how God will handle the things that are impossible for you to do anything about. You hear that? God will handle the things that are more impossible for you to do anything about. God's in control. Do we believe that? Amen? Amen. God is sovereign. 
I, I recently heard R.C. Sproul said something like, there is no reckless molecule. There is no deviant molecule in, 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 in all of creation that God is not in control of. God is in control of everything. Many times we believe that, but we do not live that way. I think that's true. Turn your worry list into your prayer list. Give each worry one by one to God. So let's think of some more applications. We are not to be anxious about anything. That means there is nothing that should make me anxious. I should be giving it all to God in prayer. We must pray about everything. Pray about everything. Browns fans have learned that quite well, right? <laughs> Looked up at Tom. I know he's a Browns fan. And uh, we've, we've had to learn, uh, football fans have had to learn to let go. We must pray with a humble petition of needs. We must give thanks to God. We must depend upon the Lord. That's all things that we can take from this passage. The only way to do this is to meditate and ruminate on this passage. Meditate and ruminate on this passage. And we must pray this passage. Pray it to the Lord. Pray God's word. Pray God's promises back to him. I like this. I read this from John Piper, and I want to read it to you. John Piper says, When the mud splatters your windshield, and you temporarily lose sight of the road, and start to swerve in anxiety, turn on your wipers and squirt your windshield washer fluid. So he's describing anxiety, okay? Anxiety and worry, like mud splattering your windshield of life. Think about that illustration. And he says, turn on your windshield wipers, squirt your windshield washer fluid. And what does he say that is? I'm going to summarize here. The promises of God. When that, your windshield wipers and your windshield wiper fluid, those are the promises of God. Turn on, that, that, that's one reason we need to be meditating on God's word, listening to God's word, memorizing God's word, so that when you're filled with anxiety, that mud is splattering your windshield, you can immediately turn on those windshield wipers, spray that windshield washer fluid, and it's not going to run out. Mine always runs out every winter in my car. But in your spiritual life, it will not run out. There are so many promises of God for you to recite back to the Lord and to cling to. There are just so many promises of God. I brought a backpack up today. And I brought some books up, just a few of them. Let me get them. Because hopefully this will drive this idea home. So when I was in school, I didn't like stopping at my locker. So I had one year where I tried to carry all my books with me. It's really nice. I have like thousands of books on this iPad. Really easy to keep them with you. I like to be prepared. I like to pack everything. You know, when I go somewhere, I like to literally pack everything. It's impossible to pack everything, right? I mean, are you, I think a lot of you probably like to be prepared too. So if you have this backpack, let me see. This isn't going to sit still. And I already put some books in here. And so if I'm going somewhere and I have a backpack and I, it's, I can take these out, okay? And it's pretty light right now, pretty light. But these books represent the worries of this life, right? The worries of this life. And right now, the backpack's almost empty. It's almost like I'm just relying on the Lord. I'm trusting in the Lord. But it's, I haven't even got out of bed yet, right? haven't even got out of bed yet. So then I get out of bed, and I'm faced with the worries of this life. I open my email or something like that, and there's a worry. I'm going to put that worry in this backpack. Because now I'm carrying that worry with me throughout the day, right? And the backpack's going to get a little heavier because I'm carrying the worry with me. 
And then maybe you go to work. Let's go from me to you. You go to work or something like that. Or maybe you get a phone call from a family member. Something else begins to worry you. Maybe you turn on the news. There's nothing that worries you in the news, right? You turn on the news. Maybe it's a Today Show. And you see something that just makes you worry. So that's another book in the backpack, right? So now, and, and this is a big book because it's a big worry. Something, something's going on that's really bothering you, right? And now the backpack's starting to get heavy. And you've got to carry that without with you throughout the day because that is a worry and it's on you and you are carrying it with you and then something else makes you more worried let me pick another book um volume nine of the commentary on the old testament ezekiel and daniel that can bring some worries right so you get another worry and you try to stuff that worry in the backpack something else is bothering you and maybe you go to the office or go about your day and you hear something else and it's starting to worry you and now the backpack's getting almost too, too heavy to even zip up. And think about that as your life. You could, you could even go home and make a worry list, all the things bothering you, and turn them to God in prayer. But first imagine all those worries, all those anxieties as a backpack that you're carrying throughout your day. Eventually, you know, you worry about something else. Maybe you're anxious. i got to go to the grocery store. I don't want to do that. That's worrying me. You know? And so you try to stuff those worries. They're not even going to fit in the backpack. I'm going to fit that one. That's a small worry. And eventually, you just can't fill that up. And you wonder, why are you so anxious? Because you're carrying all those worries with you instead of turning them over to the Lord in prayer. Remember that hymn we sang? His eye is on the sparrow. I'm going to move that because I don't want to be worried about the praise team coming up and tripping. That would, that would be something for Janet to write home about. Um, his eye is on the sparrow. And he's watching over you and me. He's watching over all of us. You know, this verse, Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious for anything, but in all situations, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This passage has convicted me many times. I have been convicted by the context of these verses. Remember, I've already shared it with you. I mean, Paul is in prison He's chained to a Roman guard. He's writing to a church that has been persecuted. And he's saying, let your gentleness be evident to all. And he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. And in chapter 1, he's saying, don't worry about me. I know I'm in prison, but I've been able to be a witness to these guards that are chained to me. I've been convicted by the context of these verses. I've been convicted to pray for gentleness. It's almost a daily prayer for me. I've been convicted to pray that I will rejoice in the Lord always. I've been convicted that if I can worry, I can pray. And I'm not perfect there. That's why I'm still praying about it. In response, I have prayed these verses many times. And I encourage you to do the same. Go home. And pray these verses. Guess what? If you start praying them, you're likely to memorize them. And that'll be a very good thing. Go home. Meditate on this verse every day. Look up Philippians 4, 6. Read it and pray. Turn it around. Say, Lord God, help me to live out Philippians 4, 6. Lord, I need your help not to be anxious about anything, but in all situations by prayer and petition with thanksgiving to make my request to you. Turn it around. Pray to the Lord. You cannot do this on your own. Understand that. But you can with the Holy Spirit within you to guide you. None of us can do it. We're going to be worried a bunch if we're trying to live the Christian life on our own. But with God, all things are possible. With God, you can truly let go. And let's let go in prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. 
as I wrap up this sermon, we come to you and I pray, Lord, I pray for this congregation. I pray, Lord God, for this congregation that we truly would live out this verse, that we truly would be anxious for nothing, but in all situations, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, bring our request to you. Help us, Lord God, we cannot do that on our own. Help us, Lord God, to let our gentleness be evident to all, knowing that you are near. Help us, Lord God, to rejoice in you always. Again, rejoice. Help us, Lord God, to walk with you, to walk by the Holy Spirit within us. And Lord God, I know if we go home and pray that we can live this, but we're not spending time with you on a daily basis, in daily devotions, we're going to fail. But Lord God, I do know if, if we pray this passage and we are spending the Christian life with you in scripture time and meditation on your word, and we're spending time in prayer and we're spending time with the church family, I know you will help us and you will guide us. You will help us and you will guide us to be anxious for nothing, but instead by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present our request to you. Help us to do that, Lord, not just in the morning, but all day long to meditate on this verse, to ruminate on it. And whenever we have these worries, we turn them over to you. And Lord God, I know the first step is turning our lives over to you. If there's anyone here who does not know you as Lord and Savior, may today be the day of salvation. May today be the day to confess they are a sinner in need of a Savior, to believe in you as the one and only Savior, to trust in you and commit to you. Help us all to commit to live life with you in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite Steve and the worship team up for the closing song. Um, let me just say, if I can help you anytime with this, I'd be glad to meet with you and talk to you. Uh, sometimes it helps to talk to somebody. Also, if you have questions about God of the spiritual life, don't sit on them. Talk to me. I'd love to help you. Even if you're a non-believer, I'd love to help you. If you're a believer that struggles with doubts, let me help you work through those. Now I'll turn it over to Steve. Amen. Would you like to stand with us as we conclude?